0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. Here's Pastor Ryan.
1: Turn with me in your Bibles this morning, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be beginning in verse uh, 29 this morning, and give me an amen once you are there. Heavenly Father, you're the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. You made the heavens and the earth. You are the one true living God. We thank you this morning for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, Lord. And as the mountains surround Jerusalem, we know that you surround your people. And Lord, we just pray this morning, have your way with us. Remove any hardness of heart, any pride, any arrogance. Help us to be like children, your children, to receive your living word. As from you, Lord, I can do nothing without you. May it be all of you and none of me. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Pour out your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so in First Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is addressing the issue of the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection. For us believers, we know that the gospel message is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners, right? In whom we are chief, as Paul said, is in whom I am chief. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He died on the cross for our sins. He was the sinless Lamb of God, the Son of God who came and died for our sins. And then he was buried. And then on the third day, he rose from the grave. And he's at the right hand of the Father praying for us this morning. We know that's the gospel, that whoever puts their trust in Jesus Christ shall be saved. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Well, there were these false teachers who had creeped into the church there at Corinth who were uh, telling folks that there is no such thing as a bodily resurrection. And that's like in general they were saying that. Not necessarily about Jesus, but just in general. They were preaching a philosophy that said when someone dies, that's it. They just disappear. There is no uh, new body. There is no resurrected body. That's that. And so Paul is fighting that because he knows the importance of the gospel message. The full gospel message, right? That he died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again. That's the gospel. And so it's important. If we deny any aspect of that, then we are denying our faith. But the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead proves that everything that he said during his ministry is correct. 110% correct. He is who he said he was. And so Paul said to them, If there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ is not risen. <clears throat> and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Paul says, if he's not risen, then all the preaching that I've done, Paul would be, is saying here, all the preaching was for naught, right? Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. <clears throat> if indeed, if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen, he said. Your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If Jesus did not if the if, if the dead do not rise. If there is no bodily resurrection, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Not only that those who have died in the Lord, those who believed in Christ who died have perished. And that's not the truth. The reality is is that Jesus Christ came to give us eternal life that when we die having placed our trace our our faith in Jesus Christ we are given a new body a resurrected body and we are with the Lord in heaven for eternity Jesus said in John 14 in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Don't you love the Lord for the fact that he has prepared a place for us? I mean, my goodness, there is a place for us, waiting for us, that Jesus has prepared himself, and he will return for us in the rapture, or when we die and we see him face to face. Paul would say, In his second letter to the Corinthians chapter 5, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And then Jesus said famously to Martha as he went to resurrect Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Whoever lives and believes in him shall never die. Just love that reality about the Lord that when we die, these bodies, these tents die. We never lose conscience of the Lord. We go from one body into the next, which is just a beautiful thing. You just go from one tent to an amazing house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. And then Paul would go on to say that Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. He's the first one to die, to come back from the dead with a new body, and to never die again. Lazarus, uh, the, the the boy at Nain, the town of Nain, the widow's son, uh, the uh, Jairus, the, the synagogue ruler's daughter, They all were resurrected, but they were resurrected in the same body and then eventually died. Not Jesus, he's the first. And his life, sitting at the right hand of the Father, until the Father makes his enemies his footstool. Jesus' future reign, Jesus' future uh. Judgment of a Christ-rejecting world. All of that is directly tied to His resurrection and yours. We will be with Him when all of these things take place. We're going to be there on our white horses with His white horse. He's the lead. Then us. Then other churches behind us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to come back. Sword in His mouth. (laughs) But we're, we're directly connected to him and prophecy and the, the future events that are, that are going to happen. And so Paul continues in verse 29. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead? What will they do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead do not rise, why then are they baptized for the dead? Now, you know, as Christians, we do not baptize for the dead it's an old pagan practice and there north of corinth was, was a town elisus and it was the center of an ancient pagan cult called the Elysianian mysteries and it, it many famous philosophers bought into this cult what they you know homer who was the the a greek poet cicero who was a, a roman philosopher they adhered to this cult that said, in order to have an afterlife, you had to bathe in in the sea or in the ocean. And so there was this, this cultish practice of them just bathing in the ocean. And so apparently, those who didn't believe in a bodily resurrection were practicing that cultish thing. And this is why the Bible is so important to know it, so if churches go off and start doing weird things, you have the book to, to know better. Amen? Amen? And so they were doing this. And so he's asking, like these people, these false teachers who are preaching there's no bodily resurrection, then why are they doing what they're doing if there's no afterlife? Why are they doing that? All right? Because they believe that if they, they're they they're baptizing uh, for the dead or for the future, uh, life after death. We as believers, we believe that we are commanded to be baptized by the Lord. He said it. He said it uh, after his resurrection and, and when it was his great commission, he commissioned the disciples. He said, I want you to go out throughout the whole world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So all of us who have placed our trust in the Lord are called to be baptized. Why? It's not for salvation. As you know, the thief on the cross did not get baptized. He just believed and he was saved. So we believe and thus we are saved. However, it's an outward showing. It shows the world that we now identify with Christ. That as we get plunged under the water, it speaks of his death. It speaks of our old life, our New death, right? That we have died to the old man and woman. All of our sins are buried with Christ on that cross. And we come up from the water. It speaks of His resurrection and it speaks of our new life, that we no longer live for the things of our past. We now live a new life in Christ. And so it's a beautiful picture of what has taken place in our heart. It's a beautiful picture of our faith, and we are commanded to do so. So if you haven't gotten baptized, please, the weather is going to be good for another week. We'll put a pool out there on Sunday. That's where we have our baptisms. And please, just let us know. Let Blair know or Jacob know. Tell him I want to get baptized And and we'll make sure you 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 know all about there is to it, and we'll just mm, dunk you next week. (laughs) Hold him down. We should be baptized. Romans chapter six, verse three and five. Paul says, or do you not know that as many of us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so the likeness of his resurrection is is one of the reasons why it's so important that we stand firm on the reality of the entire gospel. The resurrection is, is everything because when I think of the resurrection, I think of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that gives life to my mortal body. You see, Christ calls us to have a changed life, to live a, a spirit filled life, to live a life of holiness and purity and goodness and kindness and love and to have all the fruits of the spirit. And he, and he calls us to do all kinds of things, all kinds of sacrifices. We are to give him our all. But he doesn't call us to do these things in our own strength. It's by the power of his Holy Spirit. And the resurrection reminds us, it should remind us daily that we need daily power to be good Christians. We can't do it on our own strength. There's no way you can or I can't. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at Jesus's life or the prophets or the apostles, all of them spent time with the Lord in prayer. And I believe God anoints and empowers Christians who pray. So if you need strength against temptation and sin, like Jesus said, pray lest you enter into temptation. Pray. If you're losing heart, Luke said that Jesus said that he desired that men pray everywhere and not lose heart. Pray. The resurrection is so important. And so he said... Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we, listen to this, and why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus... Uh, What advantage is it to me if the dead do not rise? And so here the Apostle Paul says that he stands uh, uh, every hour in jeopardy. Think about that. This is one of the coolest statements you can get from the Apostle Paul. Because of his faith in Christ, he sticks his neck out and it's out there. It's in jeopardy every single hour of his life and if you study his life if you study his missionary journeys i mean he was he was just beaten and almost killed and and so many things happened to him why why would he put up with it because of the reality of the risen lord he saw jesus christ he witnessed to the resurrection of the lord he he believes in jesus right And we who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who seek him diligently. And Paul sought God diligently. He knew that he would see Jesus again. He knew that he would be resurrected again. He knew that there was more to life than just what is. And so he was willing to stick his neck out. He was willing to put his life in jeopardy. Now, I just love that about him. He wrote in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 1, He said, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even to life, even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us, you also, helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons On our behalf for the gift granted to us through the many. And so Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of all that we've suffered. He was so without strength, even to the point where he wanted to die. He was super stretched by God. But why did he bear with this? Because God had already delivered him from such a great death. And that's what the cross and the resurrection and the gospel message says. That if you believe in Jesus Christ, you shall not die. And that is a message that many people roll the dice and take a chance with. Because they don't care about their life after death. They don't care. They don't see the future. The God of this world has blinded them. That's the world. But we as Christians know the moment that we come to Christ, that he at that moment has already saved us from the great death. He's already saved us. We're already going to heaven. It's a serious matter. And we thank God that he did that. But Paul the Apostle said that it was Christ who kept delivering him when he was weak, when he was tired and without strength, even to the point of, of death. It was Christ who kept resurrecting him. He was he's an example to all of us of endurance, of persevering, of trusting in God. He's the one that said, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Man, we had a great time yesterday at the men's the men's breakfast, you know, and uh we're talking about uh King David and how when Saul before he took the throne, Saul wanted to kill him. King Saul wanted to kill him, as you know. And but King Saul's son Jonathan loved David and Jonathan was a man of God just like David was. And, and, you know, it was at that point in the story where, uh, David was still near Jerusalem and, and it, he was, he was about to get chased by Saul and he, he, they wanted to know, should I come back to the palace? Is Saul okay with me or does he want to kill me? And so, uh, Jonathan, told him, wait in the field. By this, there was a stone there that was called the stone of departure in Hebrew. And he was there and he said, I'm going to shoot these three arrows. If I shoot them in front of you, that means the king's cool with you and you can come back. If I shoot them beyond you, that means he's coming after you. You need a bell. And so he shot the arrows beyond David, uh, signaling to him that, you know what? He has to go flee for his life. And he flee for his life. Though God had anointed him, Though he knew he was going to be king. He was a king without a kingdom. He was a king without an army. He was a king without a castle. He was a king without a throne. But yet he had God's promise. And yet he went off to do God's will and it was hard. But in him running in the caves, running up in the mountains, hiding from Saul, God was going to teach him endurance and perseverance. And there was a place where he was, where he was stuck. There was nothing he could do. He couldn't build his own castle. He couldn't build his own army. He had nothing but the promises of God. And that might be the place where some of us are here today, where I'm just stuck in this place and there's nothing I can do. That is a good place. Look up because it's only God who can help you. And I was sharing with the men that, you know, we learned that, that some of the trials that we face, so oftentimes we want to run to the brethren or run to a brother or sister, and we should receive prayer from people. But there are just some trials that you're going to have to face with God and Him alone. You and Him alone. Because He wants you and I to learn how to depend on our great Shepherd. Man will always let you down, but there are just trials where I have, there's nothing I can do but wait on God right here. And that's what David did. And Saul, uh, Paul, the apostle learned endurance. There's nothing you can do. You're tired, you're wasted, but God's going to raise you up. God's going to get you through it. And we must be men that way that don't give up and the men that don't coddle each other. You know, there's the Bible says to bear one another's burdens and, 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 uh, and, and God has set the bar, the gauge. What is a, what is a, what is a burden? The Bible speaks of a, of an extraordinary burden. And, and, and it's, the bar's up here. An extraordinary burden is a death. I look at it as like a death, like a, like a real hardship, a, a financial just destruction just something that is just brutal those are that's when the church rallies and you know but the 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 oh I have a bad boss kind of thing you're bringing the bar down here and we don't want to be men who call all that we want to be men who say we're praying for you brother join the club because that's life you have bad bosses, bad roommates bad you know, Let's learn to endure, you know, and be stronger. And so, Paul, you read the Bible, and the Bible shows you what that looks like, man. He was, he had no strength. But anyways, he said, he said, I, I. he said, why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Like, if he, if there's no resurrection, why would I do this? I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily the question must be asked to us do we die daily the question must be asked are we willing to stand in jeopardy for the lord Oh, many will say i will die for the lord i love the lord i will die for the lord so help me god i will die for the lord that's great but are you willing to live for him today Are you willing to live for him today? We were talking to the men about how close some men and some women are in the church to getting over the hump and and doing and becoming what God has for them to do and to become. But they're still right here, not ready to go the extra place. And in that book, yeah, or, or, or to go further, and in the book yesterday, Alan Redpath's book, it was like, it talked about the, the gospel message, and it's about Christ crucified, and how Jesus' death on the cross, one of the wonderful things that it provided is that the veil was torn from top to bottom which gave accessibility to all who believe in God. Now we can have a relationship with God. Sinful man can now have a relationship with the Holy God. Jesus made that path. It's accessibility. But the cross, he said, listen to this, speaks of availability. Our availability, that is, to serve the Lord. And there's too many people that are close, but no cigar, as they say. They're close, but they're not going to take that step. And you know the reasons why. Is there's not a willingness to lay down their life fully like they should. Their life, they're still holding on to their life. This is my schedule. This is my life. It has to be comfortable. I, it, I'm all about Familiarity. It needs to be convenient. A dead man or woman doesn't wake up from the dead and say, I need comfortability. Here's my schedule. You can use me right here. I die daily is what Paul said. In Philippians 3 verse 8 and 9, he says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab.